Hello children, welcome back to Mallory Mallory, The Revenge of the Tooth Fairy. Last time we left Arthur and Mallory with the hex checker, where Mallory was about to make the tricky situation a whole lot worse. Let's see what she does. I didn't say I agreed, Mallory said suddenly. The hex checker looked at her with surprise. But you nodded, she said, even if it was a grumpy nod. It was not a grumpy nod. It wasn't even a nod. What are you telling me? asked the hex checker crossly. Do you agree or do you disagree with what the mouse has told us? And what do you think should happen now? Mallory screwed up her nose. Mm, always a danger sign, thought Arthur. He held his breath. I agree with some of it. I disagree with other bits. Would you care to explain? A less stubborn person might have heard the growing frustration in the hexjacker's voice, but Mallory seemed quite unaware. Either that, or she didn't care. I disagree with the $100 bit, said Mallory. We had not yet decided on the total ransom. Arthur put his head in his hands. He was sure that they had decided on $100. He couldn't bear to look. I beg your pardon, said the hex checker. It was at that point that Arthur remembered Mallory's diary. The diary would settle things. He was sure she'd mentioned the ransom when she'd written down her cunning plan. He took the little red diary out of his back pocket. It was $100, said the mouse. It was agreed. Wasn't it, Arthur? They turned to Arthur, who was thumbing through Mallory's diary. What's that you're looking at? asked the hex checker. It's Mallory's diary, explained Arthur. She dropped it on the path. I'm just... Give me that! Mallory shouted angrily. She lunged towards Arthur and snatched the diary. That's private. You've no right. That's evidence, cried the hex checker, and you have no right. Hand it over to me this instant. No, shouted Mallory, I will not. The hex checker did not repeat the request. Instead, she reached beneath the counter and pulled out her silver whistle. Putting it to her mouth, she blew three sharp blasts, and within seconds, the incisors brandishing their blunderbusses rushed back into the chamber. The hex checker pointed a long finger at Mallory. Seize her, she ordered, and bring me that little red book. Arthur groaned and covered his eyes with his hands once more. All at once, with at least ten white uniformed incisors levelling their dangerous looking blunderbusses at her from a very close range, Mallory lost all of her feistiness. She visibly sagged and looked around with frightened eyes, which grew even more frightened as she realised there was no help to be found anywhere. Oh, Mallory, Mallory, whispered Arthur, why do you have to be your own worst enemy? One of the incisors reached for Mallory's diary. She did not resist. She passed it over wordlessly. Then the incisor marched to the counter and handed it through the hole in the glass to the hex checker. 
There was a long, awful silence as the hex checker thumbed through the little book. Every now and again she would make a note in her own notebook. Finally, she looked up. Mallory, Mallory, she said, with the authority vested in me by the state of Aurelia, I am arresting you for a series of grievous crimes. Mallory gasped. No! The hex checker continued. Namely, one, awful failure to keep to the terms of a formal ransom agreement. Namely, two, claiming ownership of a living creature for purposes of illegal trade and ransom. Namely, three, and here the hex checker held up Mallory's little red diary. Writing down in a cunning plan a clear intention not to release said living creature but to continue to claim ransom indefinitely. But I didn't mean that, cried Mallory. It was a joke. The hex checker ignored her, except to hold up a long finger for silence. And namely, four, she concluded, writing down in a cunning plan a clear intention to deny children everywhere future visits from the tooth fairy in direct contravention of their dental rights. I didn't mean that either, protested Mallory, but not very convincingly. It was just another joke. Have you anything to say for yourself? asked the hex checker. Mallory looked around again, then swallowed. Arthur could see she was suddenly pale. I didn't mean that stuff in the book, she said. It was only doodling, making jokes, she added. Not very funny jokes, observed the hex checker, and it rather looks like you put quite a lot of that cunning plan into action. And I didn't mean to suggest I'd broken my word, insisted Mallory, increasingly desperate. I'm happy with the hundred dollars we agreed, and we did agree, didn't we, Arthur? Just a hundred dollars? To Arthur it seemed as though Mallory was running on a very slippery barrel. The mouse was happy with the hundred dollars, weren't you, mouse? Mallory said. However, the mouse had nothing to say. Mallory looked up at the counter where the white canvas bag was sitting where the hex checker had placed it, right beside Arthur's bird cage. Look, she added, making a terrible attempt at a winning smile. There's the bag with the money. If you give it to me now, I'll let the mouse go and the mouse can get us back to our garden shed. Okay? Win-win situation. We'll never bother you people again. There was a long silence. Okay, repeated Mallory forlornly. Win-win. There was another long pause. Then the hex checker stood up and stared down at Mallory. Have you finished? she asked. Mallory nodded. I regret to inform you, Mallory Mallory, said the hex checker, that far from win-win, the situation you find yourself in is... Lose, lose. But listen, Mallory cried. However, the hex checker had finished listening. Take her away to the penitentiary, she ordered. Two incisors closed in on Mallory grimly. Mallory gasped with alarm, but there was no one to help her. As Arthur watched, she was forced to turn around and Frog marched across the marble floor and out of the chamber. 
The chamber was much emptier and very much quieter. Mallory had been led away, with all of the other incisors marching behind her. The only one left standing on the marble floor was Arthur. Not for the first time, he felt lonely and frightened. What had possessed Mallory to follow exactly the same path as the foolish giant molars? Did she not see how well that went down? He shook his head in bewilderment, then crossed over to the hex checker's cubicle. Bruce cocked an eye at him, and Arthur made his little comforting sounds, perhaps more for himself than for the budgie. What happens now? he whispered to the mouse. The mouse shrugged. Mallory has been arrested, it said, and she will stand trial in the Major Rat's court. After that, it continued, everything's unknown. It depends on how the Major Rat sees it. Arthur stared at the mouse. Mallory won't help herself, will she? He asked. I fear not, said the mouse. What about me? asked Arthur. The mouse looked at him gravely. You? Well, I don't think you're out of the gum trees yet. But again, everything's unknown. What can I do? You must do what you must, said the mouse. There was a long pause as Arthur considered this. There is one thing I must do, he said finally. What's that? Open the stupid door and let you out, said Arthur, reaching for the birdcage door. He opened it, reached in, and gently picked up the mouse, placing it on the bench between the white canvas bag and the birdcage. Before closing the cage door, he reached in again, and with the back of one forefinger, softly stroked Bruce's chest, again making comforting little noises, although this time for the budgie, not for himself. The hex checker reached over the glass divider, indicating to Arthur that he should hand her the bird cage. With a sigh, Arthur passed it to her. The mouse sat up, whiskers twitching, dark eyes glittering. Thank you, Arthur, it said. But why? Arthur shrugged. There's no reason to keep you trapped now. I should have guessed that Mallory wasn't trustworthy, but I believed her, and who knows? It might even help her case if you're no longer her prisoner. Are those the only reasons? Arthur guessed what the mouse was thinking. Yes, he said. No other reasons. I'm not letting you out just so you can send me home, if that's what you're thinking. I have to stay here for Mallory, don't I? The mouse nodded. You do, and you're a much better friend than Mallory deserves. They were interrupted at this stage by a cough. Both looked up to see the hex checker clearly wanting to say something. Excuse me, she said, but I thought I ought to warn you that I'm about to make a very loud noise. The mouse looked at her sadly. Do you really have to? It asked. You know I have to, Tooth Fairy, the hex checker said. If you must, then, said the mouse. The hex checker nodded and then reached under her counter for the silver whistle. She put it to her mouth and blew three fierce blasts. For the third time there was a clatter of footsteps and the team of white uniformed incisors 
quick-stepped into the room. Immediately they encircled Arthur, levelling their blunderbusses at him. "'What's this?' cried Arthur. He looked wildly at the mouse and then at the hexchecker. The mouse shook its head gravely. The hexchecker assumed her very stern, official expression. Then she spoke. "'Arthur,' she said, "'with the authority vested in me by the state of Aurelia, "'I am arresting you for a series of grievous crimes.' "'What?' Arthur gasped. The hexchecker, after consulting her notes, continued. Namely, one, conspiring with and aiding and abetting the already charged felon Mallory Mallory in the outrageous imprisonment and holding for ransom of the innocent tooth fairy. Namely, two, providing the already charged felon Mallory Mallory with the means of outrageously imprisoning previously mentioned innocent tooth fairy for ransom to wit one capacious bird cage already occupied by one non-talking budgie named bruce namely three aiding and abetting the already charged felon mallory mallory in claiming ownership of a living creature for purposes of illegal trade and ransom others shivered he glanced around at the dangerous-looking trumpet-mouthed blunderbusses. He wondered whether he should fall to his knees and beg for mercy. The difficulty was, in his heart of hearts, he realised that all of these charges were true. He had gone along with Mallory's stupid, cunning plans, even though he knew how wrong they were. He looked at the mouse in despair. The mouse's dark eyes glittered. And then, to his even greater despair, Arthur realised that the hexchecker had not yet finished. Namely, four, she added, claiming ownership of and keeping prisoner a living creature. Arthur looked up puzzled. Haven't we done that one already? he asked. Wasn't that namely three? The hexchecker glared at him. I am referring to Bruce, the non-speaking budgie, she said coldly. But, protested Arthur, he wanted to tell her that Bruce was more than a pet. Bruce was a friend, probably a better and certainly a more loyal friend than Mallory. That's sure, he kept Bruce in a cage, but that the cage was Bruce's home and that the bars protected him from the cat and that when he did let Bruce fly about his bedroom, Bruce always flew back into the cage. That he fed Bruce millet seed and gave Bruce water to drink, and provided Bruce with cuttlebone and... Mm, however, one glance at the hexchecker told Arthur that such pleading would be utterly useless. The expression on the hexchecker's face was unrelenting. Do you have anything to say? the hexchecker asked. Arthur shook his head sorrowfully. I don't think so, he whispered. Guards, ordered the hexchecker, take the prisoner to the penitentiary. Wait, cried Arthur. What is it? Bruce, said Arthur. I know what you said and all, but I can't leave Bruce. There's nobody else to look after him here and... What do you wish to do? Could he stay with me until... until this thing's been settled? Begged Arthur. The hexchecker glanced at the mouse. The mouse nodded. I have considered your request, 
said the exchequer, and I have decided that until this thing is, as you put it, settled, then you may continue to keep the non-speaking budgie with you. There was a slapping noise as a hex checker closed the large ledger in front of her. Clearly, the hearing was over. Thank you, Arthur gasped and ran to the booth. The hex checker lifted the cage up and over the glass divider and handed it to Arthur, who, after murmuring to Bruce, turned to face the incisors. Okay, he said. Lead me away. The Major Rat's court was a large chamber. There was a high desk for the Major Rat himself, a dock for the prisoners, and a small gallery for the three members of the jury. Mallory and Arthur stood in the dock. They had only spent a couple of hours in the penitentiary, and they were grateful for that. The inside was even more unpleasant than the outside. The birdcage containing Bruce, still sitting on his perch, making low grumbling noises, sat on a table below them. This was because the birdcage was an important piece of evidence. Also on the table sat the white canvas bag and the gold $1 coin. The hex checker stood beside the birdcage, consulting her notes. She was apparently going to open the case against Mallory and Arthur. Over her white three-piece suit, she wore a white robe, and she had replaced her stovepipe hat with a white lawyer's wig. High above all sat the major rat. He was an old incisor with a long white judge's wig and a long robe similar to the one the hex checker was wearing. The major rat also wore gold framed spectacles, which he removed often and vigorously cleaned on a corner of his gown. Stationed around the court were various incisors who appeared to have special duties. A couple were recorders and sat at a small desk, fountain pens at the ready. Others appeared to be security guards, for they held blunderbusses upright and one particularly tall and skinny incisor was the clerk of the court, whose job seemed to be telling people what to do. Arthur looked about at these creatures with growing unease. There doesn't seem to be any lawyer for the defence, he whispered. It doesn't look like there's anybody to help us. It'll be a jack-up, said Mallory indignantly. We're not going to have a leg to stand on. We'll be all chewed up and spat out, I bet you. Silence in the court, cried the clerk with a cross glance at Mallory and Arthur. Once he was satisfied that the court was silent, the clerk then cried, Be upstanding for his honour, the major rat. All those who were sitting obediently stood up, and those who were already standing remained standing. The major rat acknowledged the show of respect, with a short nod, before polishing his glasses once more. The clerk then shouted, Be all seated. Arthur glanced at the jury box. There were two incisors sitting there, looking curiously about them, but to his surprise, the third juror looked like it was a mouse. When he looked even more closely, he saw that the mouse was almost certainly their mouse, the same twitchy whiskers, the same glittery black eyes. 
The mouse was sitting on its hind legs on the rail in front of the seats, glancing about with interest. Arthur couldn't help but nudge Mallory. Look, he whispered, the third juror. It's our mouse. Mallory followed his gaze. Just as I thought, she muttered. A complete and utter jack-up. How can we get a fair trial when the main witness against us is also on the jury? Arthur didn't know the answer to that, and he didn't have time to think about it either, because the clerk of the court was now looking directly at them. Then the clerk turned to one side, where a court official was standing waiting, holding a tray on which were two glasses of water, two toothbrushes, a stainless steel bowl and a tube. The clerk nodded and the official approached Mallory and Arthur. He looked like a waiter approaching a table with a tray of drinks. "'What's this?' asked Mallory suspiciously. The official did not reply, but placed the tray on the barrier around the dock. Then he took a toothbrush, squeezed some paste onto it, and handed it, with a glass of water, to Arthur. Then he did the same for Mallory. "'This is nuts,' said Mallory. "'I don't need to clean my teeth. "'I've had nothing to eat all day.' The official ignored her. Arthur, meanwhile, had shrugged and was busily brushing his teeth. He then took a big drink of water, swirled it around his mouth, and then spat it into the bowl. "'Do it,' he advised Mallory. "'The toothpaste's not too bad.' For a moment it appeared as though Mallory would resist, but then she crossly snatched the brush and began brushing her teeth quite violently. "'It's not toothpaste,' said the official, as Mallory spat into the bowl. Mallory's eyes widened with alarm. "'What do you mean?' she demanded. "'Tasted like toothpaste.' "'It's truth paste,' said the official. "'It saves time if the court doesn't have to deal with porkies.' "'And lies,' said the court official flatly, "'taking the tray and its contents and backing away from them.' "'The major rat rapped loudly with his hammer. "'Proceed,' he instructed. "'The clerk of the court nodded respectfully and then coughed. "'Prisoners in the dock,' he cried in his thin, reedy voice. "'Do you swear to tell the tooth, the whole tooth, "'and nothing like the tooth?' Mallory and Arthur glanced at each other. Tooth? Don't you mean truth? Arthur asked, adding, Sir? The clerk turned to the jury. Jury members, identify yourselves. The first juror said, I am the tooth. The second juror said, I am the whole tooth. The mouse said, Being a mouse, I am nothing like the tooth. As Arthur had, it then added, Sir. The clerk turns once more to Mallory and Arthur. So, he repeated, do you swear to tell the tooth, the whole tooth, and nothing like the tooth? Mallory wriggled, glancing at the jury. To her frustration, she all at once realised that for the first time in her life, she was compelled to tell the truth, that rotten truth paste. All right, she said reluctantly. Arthur said, yes, sir. Let this trial proceed, the clerk announced. The hexchecker cleared her throat 
then began to outline the case against Mallory and Arthur. She spoke carefully, explaining each of the charges she'd laid against them in the Chancery. Arthur could not see how they could be found anything but guilty. The hex-checker described Mallory's cunning plan in detail, including her wicked reasons for trying to trap the tooth fairy by quoting from Mallory's diary. She stressed particularly Mallory's hope that by kidnapping the tooth fairy, she'd stop other children from being visited. At this revelation, there was a gasp in the court. Mallory couldn't help herself. She poked her tongue out. Don't, pleaded Arthur in an agonised whisper. Why not, whispered Mallory. Everything's stacked against us anyway. It's all stitched up. We're going to be toast. Perhaps we deserve to be, whispered Arthur. Speak for yourself, hissed Mallory. Silence in the court, roared the clerk, with another angry look at Arthur and Mallory. Then the hexchecker described how Mallory had trapped the tooth fairy in a black bag, then put the bag in a sock, and finally persuaded Arthur to provide a birdcage as a more secure prison. Arthur bowed his head. After this, the hexchecker described the negotiations, and how in good faith the mouse had agreed to the terms of the ransom, terms which Mallory had no intention of honouring. Again the hexchecker quoted Mallory's diary, and again there was a gasp of shock from those in the courtroom. "'Don't,' warned Arthur, fearing that Mallory was about to poke her tongue out once more. "'Don't be a wimp,' whispered Mallory. The final charge related to how Mallory denied the agreement and suggested that the $100 agreed to might not be enough. This time the incisors scattered about the court, hissed in disbelief, and the clerk had to call for order yet again. "'Have you anything to say for yourself?' asked the majorette in a quivery voice. "'What's the point?' asked Mallory. "'You guys have probably made up your minds already.' "'I take it that is a no,' said the majorette. "'Make a note of that, recorders.' "'And now,' said the hexchecker, turning to Arthur, "'the court must deal with Mallory Mallory's accomplice in crime, "'the owner of this portable prison,' which he willingly supplied for the imprisonment of the Tooth Fairy, and which was already being used to imprison a fellow living creature, which the aforementioned accomplice claims to own. There was another gasp in the court. The other creature being, explained the hexchecker, a small blue non-speaking budgie named Bruce. Silence! shouted the clerk at the chorus of mumbling, gasps and grumbling. However, at that point, a voice cried, Point of order, your honour. It was the mouse. What is it, Tooth Fairy? asked the majorette. It's a really important point, your honour, said the mouse. But the hexchecker just told us that Arthur willingly supplied his birdcage. I would correct that. Arthur was most unwilling to supply his birdcage. In actual fact, he was bullied into supplying it by Mallory. How do you know this, Tooth Fairy? asked the Major Rat, polishing his spectacles once more. I was there, Your Honour, explained the Mouse. That makes a difference, observed the Major Rat, putting on his glasses once again. Moreover, continued the Mouse, 
In the light of what I imagine to be the hex checkers line of argument, I would point out, and as a witness, constantly observing the behaviour of Mallory and Arthur, I would submit that at all times Arthur had grave misgivings and doubts about the course of action Mallory was taking and of her reasons for taking that course of action. I would add, too, that while he is undoubtedly guilty of claiming a fellow living creature as his own, he does have an affection for Bruce the Budgie and is at all times mindful of the well-being of the little and seemingly non-speaking bird. I see, said the Majorette. Do you wish to dispute any of the Tooth Fairy's quite surprising testimony, Hexchecker? The Hexchecker looked up at the judge. No, Your Honour, she said. I know the Tooth Fairy to be utterly truthful and to be an excellent judge of character. If these are its genuine observations, then I would not quarrel with them at all. Excellent, said the Majorette. Is there anything else? Nothing, said the Hexchecker. At this point, I would rest my case. Excellent, said the Majorette, especially as I'm feeling very peckish and in dire need of a cheese sandwich. He then leaned over his desk and addressed the jury. Members of the jury, have you reached your verdict? The two incisors and the mouse put their heads together in hurried consultation. Shortly afterwards, the mouse looked up and said, Your Honour, I'm pleased to say we have... But I regret to say, we haven't. Oh dear, I do hope Arthur and Mallory don't end up in prison again. What do you think might happen? Will the Tooth Fairy help them out? And just a wee reminder that Books and Co. at Old Tacky have a great website and online bookshop. You can scroll through and find your favourite writers, order books and have them delivered to your door. Lucky Capity Coast people get deliveries free. Yay! Check out booksandco.co.nz to start a new reading journey. Goodbye. Happy reading. This program is made with assistance from New Zealand On Air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand On Air.